Blog Talk Radio. Dante Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dante Show. Monday night with the family. Y'all know how we do. Every Monday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we all come together to talk about topics that will enlighten, empower, and encourage. I am Dante Morrison. I am the host of the Dante Show, and I'm excited to be here with all of you on tonight, and I'm looking forward to tonight's conversation because I believe that it's going to be um, very enlightening, um, very eye-opening, and it's going to make us look in the mirror and really examine ourselves. The topic is living in truth, the power in being yourself. We're going to talk about just being authentic, um, coming out from behind the facade, letting people see who you really are, and do we really have what it takes to be transparent and to let people just in and know we all about. Um, I know that we all have some kind of persona we want to put up in front of people, but when the gloves are off and we're really just down in the trenches, you know, the wig is over in the corner, that the heel done broke, you got a, a, a skid mark on your knee and all kind of stuff. You know, how do you, how do you handle when people see the real you? People see you just really going through it. How do you deal with it? Are you able to deal with it? And it's something that you prepare. So we're going to talk about that on tonight with my boy Kwame Corbett. Um, I'm excited to have him on the show. But before we get there, let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the news, stuff that I posted on the Dante show on today. Well, the, the one thing that I really want to talk about is something that's going on in Chicago. You know, in Chicago, uh, synthetic cannabinoids, often called spice, K2, are fake weed, you know, have been tied to 56 cases of severe bleeding, including two deaths. So that's across Chicago and areas of central Illinois. So basically, people are getting this synthetic weed from the street. They buy it off the block. They go on home and they smoke it or whatever. And then it's causing, you know, extensive bleeding, and it has resulted in two deaths. So I'm not sure if Chicago is one of the states that – um. That is, is we purchase legal in Chicago? I'm not sure about that. I know in California we passed our, our bills and our laws talking about, you know, the legalization of marijuana. People can now go to dispensaries and buy the weed card. They can get all kind of stuff out of the weed shop, you know, cake, candy, cookies, all kind of whatever. So I'm not sure if the same thing is going on down in Chicago. But if you are in Chicago and you are a person that partakes in the indulgence, be careful. Don't get none of this fake um, synthetic stuff. Just go to a dispensary uh, and get what you got to get and and do what you got to do safely without any harm or danger. Uh, Because don't nobody want to die from weed. You know, I mean, not weed. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. But if you have not legalized it yet in Chicago, um, let's try to take a break. Uh, Stick to your your main weed, man. Stick to somebody you know. Uh, Don't go out there and just try stuff new. Just stick to to who you know and keep it 100, all right? Um, The next thing I posted on the Dante Show earlier today was uh, the Ziggy, the reusable cup that ladies can wear during sex if they are on their um, monthly. So basically... Ladies, if you are on your your menstrual cycle and you are feeling uncomfortable and awkward, but you still want to have intercourse, you can use a Ziggy. It is a reusable cup. How it works, I am not sure. But it is a menstrual cup that guarantees unlimited, ultimate comfort and unlimited 
possibility. It gives you the mental protection you need all day, plus the confidence to wear it during intimate encounters at night. So from the visuals, it looks like it's a cup that a woman puts inside of her vagina. And if she's on her cycle, I guess it shields the penis from contact with menstrual fluid. You know, listen, I'm not sure how it works. I work in the sexual health field. I have seen all kind of stuff, but I'm not really sure how the Ziggy gets down. I'm not sure if the Ziggy is comfortable. I'm not sure if the Ziggy is, I'm not sure what the Ziggy does, but I do know that it is advertised on Amazon. You can go on Amazon. You can buy you a Ziggy. Um, you can keep the Ziggy in your purse. I know that you got to wash your Ziggy out after you're done with it. Um, and I guess the Ziggy can be your friend. You know, don't be scared of the Ziggy. Do what you got to do with your Ziggy and let your Ziggy be good to you. All right. So if anybody wants to see more about the Ziggy, you can go to the uh, my Facebook page, Dante Morrison, because every week with the Dante show, everyone lines up on uh, my Facebook thread and we talk about the show and we ask questions. We post memes and we just share dialogue. So if you want to jump in on the dialogue, go ahead and find me on Facebook, Dante Morrison. If we're not friends, send me a friend request and you can jump on the conversational thread that's happening right now. Someone just asked, can you use the Ziggy during anal sex? Um, well, being that the Ziggy is for menstrual usage and no one really menstruates out their anus, I guess, no. Um, they do have, they do have the, um, they don't even call it female condom anymore. I forgot what they call it, but the female condom can be used for uh, anal sex. You take the hard ring out of the female condom and it becomes more pliable to go inside. They, they change the name so it's not. So I'm not sure what happened or what transpired, but I'm assuming everyone can hear me now. Um, if you can hear me, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, we will talk and we'll keep going. Uh, and then we will make it happen uh, again. I'm not sure what transpired, but yeah, blog talk kind of messed Hello? me up. All right, there we, all right, there we go. All right, so Kwame, I'm back. I got it. Something <laughs> happened. Um, the call dropped. But I'm going to go ahead and finish with all this kind of stuff. We talked about we was on the Ziggy, right? We talked about the Ziggy, and then uh, we went there with that. So we, we got there, and then we moved on. We go, let's move on past the Ziggy, all right? So what else I want to talk about is, here we go. There was a shooting that happened in um, Mesa, Arizona, but it happened, like, last December. And it didn't get a lot of uh, conversation, didn't get a lot of dialogue, but it was unfortunate because it was, not a, it was not a cop killing a black man. It was a cop killing a white man. And the white man was unarmed, and he was in a hotel room. And what I, what I saw, um, I'm going to share the video, not the video, I'm going to share the article on the Facebook thread. And the article basically it talks about what happened. It was a police shooting. He was an unarmed guy. He was really in a hotel, and he was testing, not testing a pellet gun, but he was showing a pellet gun off, and he was showing it off, um, I guess someone saw through the window that he had it. So they called the police and said, oh, my God, this guy has a gun. The police came to the hotel, um, and instead of, like, asking, do you have a gun, anything like that, they had him and the girl he was with out in the hallway and had them on their, their hands, um, their hands and knees, and said, don't move, people are going to kill you. Now, mind you, the way that they were laying on the floor, there was no gun present. There was nothing present. But the guy, I think they said he moved his elbow or something, and the police just let loose and shot him like five times. 
The guy was pleading with the cops, do not shoot me, do not shoot me. And this video was released and seen by the jury, and the cop was still acquitted. Now, here's my thing with this. I'm at the point now, I'm not even on the black, white, and all that kind of stuff. I'm on the fact that we have law enforcement officers out there who are acting like they are on a wild safari. They're walking around with these rifles, with these laser pointers, all kind of stuff, and basically they're hunting down people. I'm not sure what that is all about. I'm not sure why they are doing that or why they feel comfortable enough to do that, but it makes no sense. And and although, you know, I'm all for Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives are super important. I am a black man in Los Angeles, and I just want to make sure that that people are understanding that at this point, it's not about black or white or, or all that. It's about blue against non-blue because they're going they're going crazy. Some of them are getting these uniforms and getting these guns, and they are mentally unstable. They're mentally inept. They're ill-equipped, and they're poorly trained. If you already have a fear of people or, or a fear of communities, why are you going to take these, the police interest exam? Are you doing it for the money? Do you want to be a cop to make money? What is the reason why you want to be a cop? Because it does not feel like it is to protect and to serve. My thing now, I would love to see some of these good cops step out from behind this, this blue shield, this blue wall of, of protection, and start speaking publicly and saying, yo, we do not support these bad cops. We are not going to sit in these courtrooms and stand out front cheering on these, these bad cops saying, we got your back, we got your back. Wrong is wrong, and right is right. I read the story, and it really it broke my heart just seeing this guy literally on his hands and knees, on his face, begging the cop not to kill me, not to shoot me, and the cop just let loose on him, and the man was clearly unarmed and innocent. So that's the part that, that's, that's really messing me up, and, and we're not talking about all of this that the police are doing. We only get up in arms. Um, black people, unfortunately, when it's one of ours, but we got to understand it's now humanity is being hunted down. Americans are being hunted down. So, you know, call me whatever, but I look at people as people, and I'm not going to say someone deserved it just because they're not black or whatever the case may be. If someone is innocent, 100% innocent, and they're just gunned down by the cops, it's wrong. It's wrong, and we should all be bothered by that. We should not be bothered when it's a black life or whatever. We should be bothered that anybody who's innocent is getting, getting gunned down by the police. All right, so that's my tangent on that. And I would love to get – I've been trying to get a cop on my show for the longest time. I've been trying to get a police officer to come on and be like, yo, so give us some insight to some of this stuff. I cannot find one cop that will come forth and talk publicly about how they feel about these um, poorly trained officers. They literally will – Stick to it. They'll stick to the blue, and they're like, yo, I can't speak on that. You know, I'm sure there's more to the story than what you guys know. What more to the story is there? We have literally sat on social media and watched people die on Facebook Live at the hands of law enforcement officers. What more is there to see? What other side is there? You know, I'm not I'm not understanding that. I don't know. I'm not understanding that. So it's, um, yeah. So that's all I'm saying about that. All right. And then last but not least, last but not least, you know, mega producer and director released his, um, well, I think, like his 21st um, movie. We all know who that is. It is Tyler Perry. 
Tyler Perry released his latest film called Acrimony, and there there was an article that I saw basically that said, you know, what's up with Tyler Perry and always showing, you know, these broken down black women. You know, he's always showing these unstable black women. It's always a black woman at the core of the conversation. It's a black woman that is in some kind of not – I don't want to say domestic abuse, but he has shown domestic abuse. It's always a black woman that's just having these problems. And I don't understand. Does Tyler got something against black women? I mean, is he not feeling black women? You know, what is it? So I went and saw Acrimony. I saw it on Saturday, um, and, and, you know, I tried to give it a shot. I really tried my best. But basically I saw, like, four different movies within – Acrimony. I saw Soul Food. I saw Thin Line Between Love and Hate. I saw The Little Eva, and I saw Fatal Attraction. You know, I saw all those movies rolled up into one, you know, one bucket of just movie. Taraji, Oscar-nominated actress. I love Taraji. I love Taraji personally, professionally. I I love. I think Taraji is a beautiful spirit. I love Taraji. Um, but I, I'm tired of seeing Cookie. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's just me. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing Cookie. I mean, Hidden Figures loved it. Loved Hidden Figures. But I'm, I'm I want Taraji to. I mean, we all know Taraji can act and she can step outside the box. She can. I mean, I think Regina King should have played the lead character. I mean, Regina needs the exposure. I'm living for Regina. I think Regina could have did. Hell, I think mean, Tiffany Haddish could have did it. To be quite honest, if you see Acrimony, you will see that basically any black actor out there could have did it. Yes, Taraji is a draw. I love Taraji. But it was just, it was some missing parts of acrimony that I could not find that would have just made it complete. It, it had potential. It had mad potential. But what, he, what Tyler did, and this is just me talking, this is just me talking, I think he built up a, a pretty decent storyline and then got tired of writing and just rushed the ending. He was like, okay, I got to go right on the have and have not. So let me just finish this real quick and put this ending in two pages. There, we're done. Go shoot. You know, the ending happened so fast, and it just all came together so quick, you know. But that was just me. But it still made us money. You know, Tyler Perry is still boxed off the gold, and he does what Tyler Perry does. He gives us Tyler Perry. So can't hate the brother. I, I, you know, hey, can't hate your game. I ain't mad at you. You know, be a So what I'm going to do now, what I'm going to do now is bring on my boy um, Kwame, and we're going to have a good conversation. Kwame is going to um, just, here we go. We're going to knock it out. So our topic on tonight is really about people living in truth and transparency. I'm not sure. We're not sure why folks, you know, hide behind certain walls, but everyone has a story. Everyone has a reason to not just be 100% authentic, um, and it's always something that's holding people back. But tonight we're going to talk about that. And without any further ado, I'm going to bring on to the Dante Show my boy, Kwame Corbett. He is one of the um, creators of Power Media Network, and Power Media Network is a host platform for the Dante Show, and then he also has his own podcast called Believe. So, um, Kwame, welcome to the Dante Show, bro. What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me, man. For sure, for sure, in every time. So listen, as you can see, I'm getting some technical difficulties on my end. So if you hear me go quiet, you keep talking. You just carry the show, and and I'll make it work on my end. You know, uh, so I'm, I'm really I know how it goes. I, right, two calls sometimes, <laughs> but we gonna make this happen. 
So tonight, Kwame, our topic really is something that um, we both have a lot of experience with. Um, basically, the title is Living in Truth, The Power of Being Yourself. And we're going mm-hmm. to talk about it, but we're also going to flip it to see this is not just about, you know, coming out of the closet and all that kind of stuff, but it really talks about a lot of stuff that people are dealing with, are going through, and why they feel the need that they cannot just be themselves, you know. Right. So. So so let's let's get it going. Let's get it going. So why do you think people, you know, hide behind the facade? Why do we have that kind of culture? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that there's a lot of, you know, um, factors that play into that, you know, where we have societal issues and then we also have um, pressures from, you know, family, work, um, ourselves. We put on, you know, on ourselves a lot. Uh, it's a lot of pressure that comes with, you know, having um, to, to even hide, period, and not be your authentic self. And so, like, you know, I, I can only speak for myself when it comes to certain things and certain aspects of my life, uh, you know, throughout my life, you know, of me having to to quote unquote hide or not be fully um, authentic, um, you know, whereas whether it had been, you know, me during my time in the military or, you know, me having, you know, a, a corporate life and um, having to kind of, you know, even now there's times when I have to uh, be careful, you know, when it comes to, you know, what I say at work and, and what I do, you know, with Pirate Media and also Blaze Entertainment. So like, um, cause what, what I say on Blaze Entertainment, a lot of the things that we do and what we talk about is very uh, controversial. So, you you know, <laughs> right, it, it, right, right, it can, right. It can affect, it can affect, you know, uh, you know, some people's livelihoods at times. So I can understand why um, so, sometimes people, you know, would want to uh, kind of hide or, 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 you know, be not as, as authentic as they should be. Um, uh, but it, it comes with the territory, but there's other times when, you know, uh, I guess it kind of, you get, you have to look at it and say, you know, what is the reasoning behind it? You know, is, is it for safety reasons? Because, you know, I was, you know, and I'm sure you, yourself, you know, during your time in the military as well, um, we, we were, you know, in the military during the don't ask, don't tell policy and what, you know, before Obama, you know, uh, did what he did in terms of repealing it. Um, so that was a really tough time and, and, and having to go back in the closet because I had came out the closet prior to me joining the, the, the military and then having to go back in was really difficult for me. Um, and also for my friends, because they were just like, you're, you're this activist guy. You're, you're this guy that comes on the streets and has come to town hall with us and, and you're going back in the, the closet. Like what happened? <laughs> right, 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 um, right, right. right. It, 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 it could be a little difficult, you know, um, having the balance. And that was a really huge choice for me trying to, you know, um, worrying about whether I making a decision, whether I need to defend this country, you know, as is, or not being able to even go into the military, you know, trying to be my, my, my authentic self. So, um, and, but yeah. And I mean, and I think that's a good point. But like, just, and then and to, and to add to that, you know, many people, like they, they lie to impress, you know, they go through life, you know, lying to impress or lying to stay relevant or lying to fit in, you know, and, and they make up this, this huge made of world, you know, that they get so immersed in that they cannot even find their way of escape, you know, and then it it, come, it gets to a point where, you know, it seems like they want to share their truth with those who deserve to know, but they have lied so much. You know, now it's like, okay, if I if I tell the truth, if I be myself, you know, will I be accepted the way I'm accepted now? You know, or 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 will mm-hmm. I be shamed? Will I be shamed for for being being a quote unquote liar? 
you know, and then there's this mm-hmm. quote that says, you know, a person that lies once, you know, you don't believe anything they say after that, even if they're being 100% honest. So it's like, right. like let's take, let's take social media, for example. You know, many mm-hmm. people on social media are not 100% honest. You know, most people right. on social media, you know, are not giving you their full self. They're not being true. They're hiding behind this, this computer wall, and they're building right. themselves up to be, to be great. And then when mm-hmm. you see them in person, it's like, well, you're not the person I thought you were, and why did, why did you lie? Why did you feel right. the need to lie? You know, and I think that's the, that's the big question is social media does not – when you create your social media profile or whatever, you have the choice to be 100% you or right. filter out ev- or filter out everything, even your face with blemish-free, you know, even the job right. that you do and all that kind of stuff. You can, you can create an entire fake profile like you're never going to be seen again in reality. Mm-hmm. And and so have have we created a society where people don't feel comfortable being themselves? I, I think so, and and I, and I think I think it it comes from the, you know you're always gonna first of all you're always gonna have uh, quote unquote haters or you're always gonna have people who are gonna say something regardless you could be doing everything 150 percent correct but you're always going to have that one troll you know that one person right that's right, say right, something, right right you know against what you're doing um so so that that's that's a given and I think that 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 social media has has you know um uh, allowed. Uh, or given a platform for people to be able to do that um, in terms of being a hater or, or in terms of being um, uh, a troll, rather. Uh, but but in, in regards to, you know, what you're saying in terms of how society has, has, has played it, we've morphed from, you know, not having social media and and – you know, just going online specifically for knowledge purposes and research purposes to having our entire life and, and being, you know, completely, you know, connected, quote unquote, to the matrix, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I, I right. think, I think that that's been um, a huge issue, you know, when it came to, you know, to the whole millennial age uh, when, you know, with the, with the whole social media boom. Um, and I think that it gave people an opportunity for people who were not comfortable in real life with being their authentic selves and not happy with who they are um, and being able to plug in and, and, and creating this whole facade of, of and, and being able to project something that they're not. Um, and I think that that comes from a lack of, of spiritual and, 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 and physical and mental strengths uh, within themselves. And, and, and that, that in and of itself is the issue. Um, because when you go on, when you go on to social media, you know when we started, you know my show, um, we were really critical of the administration, like extremely critical of the administration, and we received a lot of of, of negative um, uh, listener letters because we do a lot of listening. You're, and you're, and you're referring and so, to when you say administration, you're referring to Trump. Correct. Just to be clear, you're referring <laughs> to, to Trump. Okay. All right. That yeah, is, y'all's that president. The current presidential <laughs> administration. Right. Okay. Got it. Right. Got it, got it. So y'all's president. You're very, right. Yeah. So, so your show is very critical, very critical, very, very open, transparent, honest on your thoughts regarding the current administration and how you felt Correct. about Trump. Okay, got it. Especially, got it. especially during the campaign, um, I think we we've toned down a little bit just because we want to kind of have you know give our 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 listeners a little bit of a break because for a while it was just 
constantly talking about what was going on um and mm. you know every day the breaking news but um but but with that being said you know we 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 came up against a lot of you know people that were were coming at me on twitter <laughs> you know and I'm just like, right. i don't even know you <laughs> like first of all you know and i know that i know that these are keyboard warriors and, and people like you know sending in um you know a lot of negativity uh towards uh you know what their thoughts are just trying to attack um but 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 that Social media is allowed, you know that. But I think when when you come into a public, you know, realm and you you get into uh, social media and you start going into that realm where you're you're trying to be open, you're trying to build a platform. Uh, that's something that's kind of expected and that's a given. Um, that's something that you have to kind of you know realize. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at your thread and, and some people are like talking about it and putting up uh, memes. It's hilarious. But right, right, you know right. these keyboard warriors are are you know there to, to specifically try to bring you down and break you down. And I think that you have to have a, a certain type of mental resolve, uh, you know, to kind of combat that because it does get you, you know tiring. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. And you, you, yeah, you said something. You said a word that I just want to kind of focus on for a minute. You said the word hater, and you know I think mm-hmm. a lot of people use that word so loosely. You know, oh my God, you're being mm-hmm. a hater. You're being a hater. And and oftentimes people really aren't hate just because someone doesn't like what you're doing does not mean they're hating right. on you. You know, if if right. you got on a pair of, if you got on a pair of pants that I'm like, yo, Kwame, that those pants are not the right decision. So oh my God, you're such a hater. No, I'm I, no, I'm not being a hater. But you know, right. I mean, that that does not is not the proper look for you right now. And I think people have become so sensitive to any any kind of criticism or opinion that we label everyone as a hater. But we tell people, you know, I want I wonder your honesty. I want to know your thoughts. But when I give you my thoughts, and if it doesn't match your thoughts or align with your tra- way of thinking, I'm a hater. But how do we grow That's, if we don't welcome the opinions of others? How do we grow if we don't allow ourselves to be mentally challenged by critical thought? How do we grow? That part. That part. And, 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 and I, think, I think that that's where the issue lies in, Dante, because in and of itself, people want to, to – they ask for your opinion. First of all, if you ask me, you're leaving – you're giving me permission to give you my, my blunt, honest truth, and I'm going to right. do that. I'm never going to lie exactly. to you. Exactly. <laughs> you know right, I'm right. Because right. I'd right. rather hurt you with the truth than, 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 than you know, try to, you know, uh, calm you down with, with a lie, and, and in and of itself, you never trust me with my opinion again. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, uh, right. So, so I'd, rather, I'd rather you tell me the truth and be honest with me and, and, and be your authentic self because I'll respect you more number one. Um, I may not like what you say, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to, but at the end of the day, at least I can respect you and say you were completely honest with me. Um, and I think that that's where people confuse the whole uh, um, hater versus somebody being honest with them. You know, uh, there's a complete difference. You know, haters right. intent, intentionally are trying to be negative and intentionally trying to hurt you, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever, you know, mentally. Um, people who are being honest with you, you may not like their opinion, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're intending to hurt you. Um, and so I think exactly. the, the intention is, is there, and that's, that's where, where people, you know, fault at. Because a lot of times we're not going to like – there's times when, you know, I'll talk to my friends and they'll be like, Kwame, don't ever, ever – 
wear that again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would I would rather you tell me that than for me to go out there, go, come back, go, me going back outside looking like a fool wearing that same outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I am sitting here thinking, oh, well, it looks good on me. You know what I mean? Right. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's still your opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so can, I mean, so it can be. So it can be safe to say that a lot of a lot of behaviors boil down to personal insecurities that people are not ready to ready to be called out on. You know, it's like if I have an insecurity right. about about me wearing glasses, but all on social media, you never see me in glasses. You know, but when mm-hmm. you see me, you know, in person, I'm squinting to look at you because I can't see without glasses. You know, right. and then the minute somebody says go and get glasses, then you're seeing the real me. You're seeing my flaw. Or, or I have to be transparent with you because I need glasses to see you. People can mm-hmm. feel open. And then in the midst of that <laughs> openness, we've created such a, a, a hurtful society that people say whatever they want, how they want it, without any um, censor. And I right. think a lot of times we can look at it like we, we drag celebrities through the mud. I mean, we, we drag mm-hmm. them through the mud, not realizing these are still human beings. They're still right. people with, with feelings, emotions, and all that, but social media has allowed us to say exactly what we want without any, um, without any fault and without any consequence because we don't see the effects of that. We don't see the person on the other side of the, of the keyboard or the monitor that are crying, that are sad, or that whatever based upon the words that we're saying. So when you when you look at it like that, is it safe to say, or can can we safely assess that people will lie to impress, lie to stay relevant, lie to fit in because they are just they're not built for that level of hurt that society has now fallen into. Society has fallen into Absolutely. a very hurtful place. Absolutely, and and, and but I, but I also think that you know when you're a celebrity or when you get to a public status or you know or you're recognizable or whatever, however you want to say it, whether it be famous or or a celebrity, whatever, um, when you reach a level of platform where you're public, you know you have to understand that that there there is a a a level of criticism that you're going to receive, whether it be good or bad or 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 indifferent, um, and so that's something that you have to prepare for you know, when you decide to go into the public eye. Um, And so with that being said, yes, they're still human, but they're they're also public. So there's a level of, of, like, if you you look at, I always like to use Beyonce as as an example. She never responds to trolls. She barely responds to any of her social media. There's a reason for that. Um, And we actually just talked about this on, um, on, you know, our our most recent episode, you know, in regards to how Beyonce is living in such a, a bubble um, that she's constantly guarded and constantly, like, you know, having to live in that, that realm because she's that famous, you know. Um, right. With that being said, she's constantly getting criticized. And for stuff that she may not even, you know, know what's going on, like, she's getting criticized for the shoe that she's wearing. She's getting criticized for the, the, the piece of hair that she's wearing. Whatever's going on, she's getting criticized because she's just Beyonce, you know. And so people are going to criticize you just because you are who you are, you know, and that's just a given. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing that people can, can look at is, is your authenticity. And if you can't, you know, use that as a shield, then it, it kind of, you know, um, uh, diminishes the fact that you should even be in the public eye. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I like that you just said that. Be authentic. You know, basically be yourself. And do do most people do most people know how to live in authenticity? 
Because it, it's much I don't easier think so. said. It's much easier said than done. You know, I think to to find that place in yourself where you're one hundred percent comfortable with you and you can enter into the to spaces as yourself without care about what is said. I think that takes a very strong individual, and I'm not sure that a lot of us are fully prepared to be there. No, and and and, and honestly, I I think even in that authenticity knowing that you're still a student and constantly trying to grow and evolving is authenticity in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I feel like, you know, because I know for me personally, I'm, I'm most happiest now than I've ever been about myself before. Like now I don't cringe when I look in the mirror, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm happy about who Kwame is. But at the, right. at the same time, do I still encounter insecurities on, on certain days? Do I still, you know, get nervous before I go in front of the mic? Do I still, you know, uh, feel uncomfortable when I'm getting ready to, you know, to, to do some type of event? Of course. You know what I'm saying? Because that's right. just, you know, something that you naturally do. But living in that inf- that authenticity and knowing that that's okay is okay. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, right. and I think right. that that's where the issue lies and this is where people feel they, they let that fear overtake them. Um, and they let that fear, you know, uh, constrict, you know, their authenticity and they, the, in, in that them becoming inauthentic because they're not acknowledging and not realizing that other people can relate to that in a, that 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 lack of of confidence that that those you know moments of insecurity you know what i mean i think and i think that's the that's the place that we got to get at i i feel that if more people would be transparent and show just i don't want to say their flaws but just show the areas of of growth and show the challenges they've been through we would have more camaraderie but everyone lives in these, yeah. or tries to exist in these perfect silos where there are no flaws, no problems, no challenges, no issues, that people try to live up to that standard or try to live like their neighbor, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but when, we, when we begin to have more people share their truth, share their stories, take the Me Too movement, for example. You know, we look at why so many we, we are not look at, but we trip over the fact that so many women were coming forth with their experiences 20 almost 30 years after it occurred. And that's because no one had pulled the rug off of the situation and showed Mm -hmm. what's really going on. But once Mm -hmm. a few people started stepping forward and showing their power and and, and using their voice to show that, hey, this is a common occurrence. I've been through it too. You've been through it too. And then everybody started saying, me too, me too, me too. You know, it became a movement. But for so long, mm-hmm. it was just this hidden secret, and we had all these people suffering at the hands of, of, of Hollywood bigwigs and whatnot that it was ignored and overlooked. So no one shared their truth. No one shared their experience, and people felt like they were all alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, mm-hmm. why I'm so, that's why I'm so open with my, my HIV status, because there are so, so many folks out there living with HIV that feel like they're all by themselves, and if they tell anybody, then it's going to be just the end of the world for them. And I'm like, no, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. You can still live a a prosperous life. You can still be healthy. You can still do everything you want to do. You know, you got a problem with it, inbox me, and we'll talk through it. Right. But (laughs) unfortunately, unfortunately, it, it has become just this common occurrence for folks to remain in the closet. And the closet has not become this place for gays and all that anymore. It's a place for anyone that's not living their authentic self. Right. 
Right. And, 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 you know, just to kind of use, utilize, you know, an example, you know, before I came out, well, no, I didn't come out in the army, but when, when I was in the military um, and I was slowly starting when uh, don't ask, don't tell was in, you know, the Supreme court and they were still trying to figure out whether it was going to be repealed or not, because it was repealed. Um, people thought that, oh, it's repealed now. Everything's all good to go. There still had to be policies and stuff had, and, 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 uh, doctrines, you know what I mean, that had right. to be looked at in the military, and it had to slowly be repealed. So people still could be, you know, um, be given, you know, UCMJ actions against them and, and court-martialed for, you know, during that time um, and, and have to go through that process. So people still had to, you know, uh, uh, hide a little bit, you know, to, to, to keep their uh, safety and to keep their jobs. Um, so when it, when it was repealed, though, um, it was funny because Everybody who was in the closet, just it, it, it seemed like what the post that I was at, that I was stationed at, it seemed like the entire rainbow flag just like just jumped up, (laughs) an entire gay old party. And it was funny because like for so long, we were all like just hiding and being these militant, you know, soldiers and trying to be the best soldiers that we could be and hiding from ourselves and and not being our authentic selves. And then when, you know, um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, it was like this big deal. And then all of a sudden we started seeing everybody else. So I, I think that, you know, the, the, the lack of, of, of feeling like, you know, there, there is, a, there is a, a need for acceptance. There is a need for um, uh, wanting to feel a part of, of something. And I think that that lack of, of, of something that, that keeps hitting me in the head right now that, that keeps being brought up um, is something that you've actually said a, a, a bunch of time. It takes the village. And I think that not feeling a part of something or not feeling like you have some type of camaraderie or, or type of relatability with other people is what keeps people in the closet. You know, because if you, if you feel like there's other people outside of that door, outside of that closet that are like you and that get you and that understand you, then it's easier for you to come out. Um, whether it be a, a situation of you hiding that you're gay or whether it be an insecurity that you have or what have you, um, I think that that's one of the major issues that we have as a society that we keep hiding ourselves and we keep feeling like there's not other people like us when there's so many people. There's billions and billions of people on this damn planet. You know what I mean? So why wouldn't other people experience something that you're going through as well? You know, and so I think that that's where um, the the issue lies in is, 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 feeling like you're that only one person, especially with, like, you know, it happens with people who are super depressed and who are suicidal. They feel like there's nobody else that gets them or understands what they're going through, but there's multiple millions of other people that do get what they're going through. Um, And so until they talk about it, until they express it to other people, they're going to feel that that sense of loneliness, that sense of, of, of isolation. Agreed. 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 And I think not and not to just and not to beat on the um not to beat the gay drum all night, but let's just talk about just intimacy and personal relationships. You know, people mm-hmm. that, that are not being honest, you know, within their own relationship of what they like or what mm-hmm. they desire, you know, are um you know, heterosexual couples, you know, with one partner, mm-hmm. you know, is interested in something more outside the box when it comes to intimacy and, and they don't share that. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't, they don't express to their partner what they need, what they want, what they feel, or what, what they feel is missing because they don't want to be judged by their partner. You know, right. it, it, it's so many, it's so many areas. You're breaking up there, Dante. 
they're living very repressed lives with because they for that. So, so Dante, you broke up a little bit, but I, I think I understood what you're saying in terms of, of of living a very repressed life and 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 not being able to kind of share the connection that they would like to have with their partner. Um, and and I and, and I can speak on that um, from previous relationships that I was in. I remember I, I was uh, dating uh, dating. I was with somebody for about two years, and uh, this was in New York actually, and. Everybody has this, this, you know, kind of heteronormative, you know, idea about what a gay couple, you know, is supposed to be. And, you know, you have the man and the woman or the who's the husband and who's the wife. Actually, I'm a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So regardless of what right. the situation is, you know, we're still both men. You know what I mean? And I think that that's where the issue is. But there was this issue where, you know, my, uh, the person I was dating uh, or, and who I was with, he was, you know, a, a top. And so I, I – the role of the bottom, which I was very comfortable with. And so I, he didn't express to me after a, a long time that he wanted to experience, you know, a sexual experience as a bottom. And for a while, I was like, I, I got this. I could do that. That's no problem. You know what I mean? It's not an issue. But, if you don't, but I, I think that part of that issue and part of the reason why he felt that way is because I pushed that on him as well. Because I was like, well, I'm, I'm the bottom. I got this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know your place kind of situation, kind of air, you know, air that I was, you know, bringing about, you know, around him. Um, and so he, he had this feeling that he had to be the machismo and, and had to be this, you know, the, the, especially, you know, he was Puerto Rican at the time, or, or he was Puerto Rican. And so, like, we ha- in, in the Puerto Rican uh, uh, culture, there's this machismo type, you know, um, feeling um, and, and the more that you have to, to have um, as, as, a, as a Hispanic man. And so, so it was weird because I, I didn't understand why he didn't feel comfortable telling me that when we shared so much other, we had great communication in that aspect with other things, but you couldn't tell me that you wanted me to, to, to be with you or in that way, you know. Um, and part of that, I look back now, looking back, you know, with this conversation, part of that was because we put that type of pressure, you know, and we don't realize that we're doing it. So I think, you know, a lot of other people that I've talked to in regards to, you know, um, heterosexual couples, a lot of women do that to, to, to their husbands as well, where they put this, you know, this machismo type, you know, you're the man, you're supposed to be the provider, you know, and do all this, these different things. And so, especially in the black community where you have such a pressure of being this provider and being this, you know, what, the black man is supposed to be, quote unquote, based on what society tells you. Um, so, so any type of uh, effeminate act or any type of, of, of feeling of, of vulnerability um, uh, is frowned upon, which is why we have so, so much mental health in our, in our community, because we don't talk about what's going on. We don't, you know, express, you know, emotion. You know, we, we, don't, we don't talk about you know, the things that we need from our partners or the things that we need from our families or friends. So I think that that's part of the reason why um, we have these type of issues. And I think slowly but surely it's getting better um, because it's being identified. Um, but it's definitely a long way to go. But it's definitely an issue, especially in our community. Agreed. I agree 100%. And I think that you, you hit a lot of nuggets and a lot of points. And basically um, – it boils down to people. People have people express what they feel would be accepted, you know. So they mm-hmm. they put out there what they feel would be accepted, you know, as they go through this thing called life, you know. Just being a black person, you know, and I think black people um, have have had to suppress the most 
um, now I'm not going to compare to other, I'm, I'll, let me just do black people. As a black individual, right. <laughs> I've got to repress a lot about me just to get to certain levels of success. Right. And that is because, you know, we live in a, we live in a white society. You right. know, it, the, the, it's just the, the whole makeup of it is white. And sometimes if you come across as too black, you can miss out on certain opportunities. If you come across as too aggressive or, or too intimidating. So you put on this, this facade and you begin to acclimate to certain environments so that you can fit in for the sake of climbing the, the social ladder, for lack of a better word. And then you put right. tied to the fact that a lot of the images that we see when it comes to being African-American are not the most positive. You know, we don't have the right. same amount of programming on television. And then, you know, the reality, the reality TV takeover has added a whole other wave of success where success was not previously there. You know, we have individuals who really would not be successful in any other vein outside of reality TV, and that has put a whole other highlight on the black community. So when it comes to to trying to steer away from that that hood look or that hood persona, we may be called white. Oh, my God, you act so white. Are you saying I act white because because I'm not throwing bottles and all this kind of stuff? That's why I act white? You know, so... The line has been the line. The lines have been blurred a lot, and I know as as a community, it's hard to to live in this truth because look at what happened when Black Panther came out. You know, blacks were criticized for being too pro black. You know, mm-hmm. you're in the dashiki. Let's talk about you for being too pro black. So it's like, how do we find that balance where we fit on all sides, where we can just be our authentic self for all of who we are and be accepted. I think that is that is the biggest challenge that a lot of people face when they try to navigate through through their life because they want to be accepted for who they are, but when you're getting stabbed by every single person you're trying to support, it makes it difficult. Right, and and and, and I'm glad you said that because because I think that first of all, <laughs> the whole speaking white thing has hit me. I, I've experienced that. I'm sure you have as well. Have, have experienced that on multiple levels, especially in the corporate world. You know, when, when you sit there and you, I'm, I feel like I'm very educated. <laughs> you know, I, have, I work very right. hard to get my degrees. You know, I, I, I articulate certain things really well, and that doesn't mean that I speak white. You know, because then what you're telling me is that being black is not educated. Being black is that you can't talk you know, in a way where you're able to articulate yourself, you're able to enunciate your words. And I have a list, girl, I get it, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still right, able right, to, right. to you know, enunciate what I need to say and articulate myself in a manner for you to get what I'm saying. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm speaking white, you know what I mean? Um, and right, so it, it gets right. me frustrated because then, then, then you start looking at other things and, and you get attacked from all realms, you know, like there was times when I, you know, uh, from my podcast, I would talk about certain things. And of course, you know, there's times when we joke around with our friends and we, you know, quote unquote, have those ghetto moments, you know, whatever that is. You know what I mean? Right, um, right, right, but, right. You know, we have those moments, and we, you know, we're joking on the podcast. But then I will talk about a really, you know, serious situation, and then I get a little letter, or I get a, a, a tweet or a DM about, you know, well, how come you switch up on this, you know, this moment? Why are you talking white here? What? <laughs> what does that mean? You know what I mean? Right. Like, why, why would you right. even say that? You know. Um, but but going back to your original point in terms of how we operate to to to, to get to a level of success in order for us to to kind of grow and succeed, um, 
it is hard because, you know, we can't act a certain way in a corporate realm, especially in a white, in white corporate America. You know, um, uh, <laughs> that's been a, a huge challenge for me, um, especially, you know, uh, 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 being in, 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 in white spaces where you see the executives and you see, you know, people in high-level positions that they're expecting you to be the quote-unquote model minority. You know, they're expecting you to right. be that, 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 that perfect, the token. you know, or be the, the, token. the token. You're the being, token, you're, you're the, being token the token black guy. Yeah, right. You, you know, right. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they're trying to get you to be, you know, that, 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 that statistic. You know, but you know who you are. You you understand your authenticity, and so when you surprise them with your education, you surprise them with your level of intelligence and how you operate and your strategy and how you go about doing that. It's frustrating, <laughs> you know, because they don't Agreed. realize, you know, they don't realize that there's microaggressions that we deal with on a, on a daily basis, you know, and so it's easier for them to be like, oh, well, I don't understand why you're getting stressed out about that. When they're, when they're really asking you, there, there are some that ask you questions, you know, and they say, oh, you know, because um, I was actually asked a question uh, a month or so ago, and they really genuinely, he really genuinely wanted to understand, you know, what was going on and why, because he heard my podcast, and he heard how, how really frustrated I was about certain things that were going on in, you know, uh, in America right now. And he asked me, he's like, well, why do you genuinely feel that way? Like, I, I just don't understand why we all can't just get along. Because that's not the way it works. <laughs> you know, that's right, not, right. That's not how right. your people set up this, you know, set up set things up for us. And you have to understand that, that you know, black culture in and of itself has a constant um, uh, uh, pressure to kind of deal with things in, in terms of constantly having to worry about, you know, leaving the house and being shot by a police officer at any given moment, you know what I mean, just for being black, you know what I'm saying, not even doing anything wrong, just for being black, you know, or, or, or having to deal with microaggressions on a daily basis because we do, you know what I mean? We're constantly, if we walk into a store, you know, in any type of, you know, any type of manner, we're being followed because they don't want us to steal something. You know what I'm saying? Or if we go into, uh, um, uh, if we call a, a phone company and we don't quote-unquote talk white, you know what I'm saying, then we're not going to get the help that we need. Or, you know, I was just seeing uh, one, of, um, one of our, uh, 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 my buddies had uh, tweeted or actually uh, reposted um, something regarding uh, a video about a healthcare worker uh, who was talking about the racism within the medical field and that she, that there was a uh, patient who did not uh, get the help that she needed because she was black and because they expected her to just, that she just coming in to complain, you know, and that's not, that's not okay. You know what I mean? And so well, we well, have to deal with not. these things. Right. <laughs> it's not okay. And I think when, you, not, when you frame it, and I think when you frame it, like, like how you're putting it, I, it just, it just, something just clicked really Social media can also be an escape from all of that. You know, right. social media can be, can be your space to to just kind of be somebody else for a minute. You know, not saying that you're mm-hmm. lying, but you can you can maybe you can be authentic on social media where you can't be authentic in real life. You know, there are certain things that that I can address and share on social media that I cannot really address and share in certain other circles because they wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't right. get it. 
you know, there are certain well, articles that I can share that I can get support from people who think like me and, and look like mm-hmm. me and act like me will fully understand where I cannot share those same articles or stories in, in other circles because they're like, yeah, Dante, we don't, we don't get that. We can't relate to that. But on, on right. social media, I can be 100% in what I share. This is me. This is my thought. This is my process. That's just me. You know, now others may use it for, for other means, but I see how it can also be used as a form of escape and to show who you really are and to be that the truth, for lack of a, a better way to explain it. Absolutely. And, 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 I think, and I think also it really depends on the type of social media you use, too, because social media in and of itself is supposed to be made for social, your social circle, and, how, and, and a platform for, for that. Not a lot of people use social media to use it for a, a, a speaking platform or, or to project, um, you know, a, um, a, an angle, an agenda or whatever, um, or, or use it as a platform to speak on different things. They, they use it specifically to socialize, you know what I'm saying? So right, that's the, right. the, the main reason for it. So, of course, they're going to have a circle, you know, of people that they're friends with or the followers or whatever um, that is going to be more like-minded. Because, I mean, I, I doubt the people who are on your – who follow you, Dante, or even the people that, or that you follow – um, are people who don't think like you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and, You'll be amazed. And, and so. so, well, I, I probably would. <laughs> but, but, but what I mean, <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> but, but I know for me personally, like, I, I, I don't associate myself with people who, um, I'm not saying that, that don't think like me, but who are against my morals. Um, so it's, it's really hard for me to, because it's not my alignment. And I know that I know um, uh, at the end of the day, if I can't be my authentic self around you, um, then how, how am I supposed to be, and you can't be your authentic self with me. If I can't see you coming and see how, who you are coming, I, I rather, I respect um, somebody who is, is an outright Republican and, and, and is super conservative and they're, they're bold with me about it and tell me, and I will respect them more than for somebody to be a closet racist. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you know? right. Because not no, all 100%. conservatives are racist. And, so, and right. so if I can see you coming, if I can see who you are and you can see who I am, we can connect on the level that of obviously we're human beings, then great. You know, you just have different, you know, ideals and, and, and uh, political uh, views than I do. Fine. That's great. But we're still, at the end of the day, we're still human beings at the, at the end of the day, but we're just living different perspectives and different lives. And if you're willing to, to view my perspective and willing to, to understand my perspective and vice versa, then we can, we can connect. You know what I mean? And I think that that's and where that, people. Right. Now I was just, oh, just going to just chime in and just say, I think that um, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm reading a comment that was just shared. Um, uh, someone just shared that, you know, um, when people like, when I speak articulate, you know, some of my own black brothers are put off by the words I use and it's absolutely frustrating. And basically the person is You just broke up, Dante. Dante? Hey, Dante, you just broke up. <laughs> okay, we can't hear Dante anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to continue talking. I, I kind of want to touch on that uh, because I, I, am, I am looking at that comment as well. Oh, there you are, Dante. I yeah, I'm, I can hear you. Yeah, no, I'm back. Yeah, I was just going to say, okay. yeah, you, you took it. You ran right with it. Thank you. Facebook, you were talking about circles. And I know a lot of people that 
um, they, they sometimes get in the circles that they don't necessarily fit in. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've done it. You know, it's like when you when you leave a certain demographic of people or, you, you, you know, you kind of upgrade a little, you change how you, you you talk, you change naturally, and you try to go back to talk to the people you used to be around, and it doesn't fit. You know, your sound right. is different. Your change is different. Everything is different. And I'm, I hear that, you know, and some people, they kind of fit into spaces or continue to fit into spaces that they have outgrown. And that mm-hmm. can become frust- that can become frustrating. And it can be- you can get yourself to a space where it's like, God, no one gets me. No one understands me. And you have to take a step back and be like, well, have I outgrown this circle that I've become so accustomed to? You know, have, mm-hmm. I, become the, mm-hmm. have, have, I, have I become the eagle where nobody else is going to fly because they're all chickens? You know? Right. And, 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 and I'm so glad you said that because cause I, feel like, I feel like that's something that I um, personally have been looking at in, in my own personal life because as you grow and as you evolve, because a square peg is never going to fit in a circle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ever. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, so as exactly. you grow and you take form and you shape and you grow, there's nothing wrong with you acknowledging that you had those friends. There's nothing wrong with you acknowledging that you had you were in those spaces because you need right. to know where you came from and, and how you grew. But if, if, if you're no longer fitting in those spaces, then that's okay. And that's something that I think is a personal um, a thing that you have to acknowledge within yourself to to say, you know what, I have outgrown this situation, I have moved on from the situation that I just no longer fit, and or um, I just can't be in certain spaces at certain times. You know what I'm saying? Because not every time, not every space is for you. Like I don't, not everybody's right. at work 24 seven. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, right. So you you know I'm not gonna I'm of course I I, I personally have have developed. Um, myself to be in, in as authentic as possible and, and as myself as possible in every space that I'm in. However, there's certain things that I won't do. Like I'm not going to, to be, uh, whereas I'm super comfortable with my mouth and, and, and letting things fly out my mouth with my friends, I can't do that at work. HR. Right. You can't talk about certain things like that. So, and that's okay. And then even with my circle of friends, I am, do not have the same level of, 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 of caliber of friends that I have now than I did back when I, like five, 10 years ago. My level right. of friends now are completely different. You know, they're much and different. I think, they're and much I think, higher. right. And I think that's where the, I think that's where people allow themselves to become frustrated with others who don't get them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you have to, you have to honestly stop and ask yourself, well, at what point in my life or where was I in life where this circle of friends got me? You know, and mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. begin to look at that circle of friends and say, okay, now when I began to progress and change and, and got more exposed to different things, did this circle get exposed with me or did they not? You know, for right. example, for example, I grew up, I grew up listening to, you know, hip-hop music, you know, 80s, mm-hmm. 80s hip-hop, you know, 80s hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And let's just say I always listen to 80s hip-hop. Like, even today, I always listen to 80s. That's all I listen to. But all of my mm-hmm. friends, you know, they now listen to, to Migos, they listen to R&B, they listen to classical, mm-hmm. they listen to all that kind of stuff. So when I go in their circle, I'm still talking about EPMD, you know, Roxanne, Shantae, <laughs> and whatnot, and they have evolved, and their conversation is changing. So now mm-hmm. I'm feeling like the odd man out, like, oh, we don't speak the same language anymore. Let me go mm-hmm. find some classic hip-hop heads to talk to about this you know, Mm -hmm. to ease my frustration of trying to get them to understand me. And I think we spend too much time trying to get people to understand us 
you know, or, or accept us or validate us, that we don't pause to say maybe this is not the circle I need validation from. Yes. And do and, and what is the question that you need to ask yourself? Do you want the person to respect you or do you want the person to, to accept you? Because at the end of right. the day, nobody has to accept who you are. Nobody has to accept, exactly. you know, anything about yourself, but they dang on sure need to respect you at the end of the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, right. because no matter what, they need to respect you at the basic level that you're human. You know exactly. I mean? exactly. They don't have and to like on, the yes. clothes that you wear. Right. Right, and and, yeah. and you know, and, and, and just to, to to further that, to further that, you also got to know how to be effective in the circles that you're in. You know, I cannot right. go to certain, I can't go to talk to inner city youth the same way I will go and talk to doctors. You know, I, mean, right. I can, but I wouldn't be as effective using the same verbiage that I use with, when I'm talking to physicians and nurses that I would talking to kids. Some of the acronyms yes. that I have to use in my field, you know, the acronyms and all that kind of stuff, if I go to the general population using those acronyms, they're going to look at me in confusion. So you have to right. know what language to use in which circles. And it's not meaning that you're dumbing yourself down. It's making right. yourself more accessible and, and really showing how strong your communication skills are because you can be in any, any genre and you can make it work. But when we and have it shows, a finite, it shows your adaptation. Exactly. But when you have a finite way of, of thinking or your conversation is always on the same trajectory, you're going to miss a lot of people that are off to the side. And, you know, right. that's just something I've learned over time when it comes to, um, you know, the, the verbiage I use and all that kind of stuff. You know, something I can say to you that I can't say to someone else because they won't get it. Right. You know, right. and yes, yes, Steph, you're right. EPMD is 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 everything. I still bump EPMD, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not embarrassed about it. You know, literature. Right, but you know, I just want to say, you know, just just as we as, and hold on, Steph, Steph just gave a comment. You know, we have some friends that are in the same exact place they were in ten years ago. No growth. If you have grown, you outgrow them. They feel comfortable like an old boot. But you might need to give them the boot. Ha! Touche. Well, exactly. Well, touche. Touche. And if if and I, you, if, if I can just say real quickly, uh, Dante, because because I actually just had a conversation with uh, one of my uh, one of the producers on the network, and you know she was telling me how she's kind of elevated and she feels like a little different from you know how she was dealing with with other podcasters because she is just now on a different level. And I kind of related it back to how I teach my dance classes and, and how I teach classes because you never know, especially when you have an open level class. I always try to relate things back to choreography, so forgive me. But when people come to a, 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 a class, you know, you know, especially if it's an all-level class, you don't know the level that they're in. So you can have a set, my, a set type of choreography ready to go, but if you can't adapt to, to get the choreography to where it's, it's not necessarily dumbed down, but it works for them and it gets on their level, then are you effectively being a good teacher and, and effectively exactly. being, you know, what you need? And so to answer what Steph was talking about, yes, there's circles that, you know, you – and it's not necessarily all the time you need to give them a boot, but you just may not need to be in that circle or, or in the capacity that you need to be with them in. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you become a bully, and you'll be that right. person in the room that's constantly trying to get your point across 
when everyone's like, yo, I don't speak your language, you know, and you got to learn how to speak people's language so you can be effective. And I, I have to learn that. I have to learn that over time because I have spoken mm-hmm. all over the country, and I have learned mm-hmm. that, that how, I talk, how I talk in Los Angeles, I can't talk that way in Little Rock. You know, some things that we right. have here, they don't have there. So I have to be sensitive to where I'm at, you know, and some mm-hmm. things that I may take for granted and say, oh, it's easy. They're looking like, no, that's not easy. You know, healthcare is a is a four hour drive for us. That type of thing. Right. And and if I go in there with that arrogance, you know, then then I'm not effective and I'm not really being helpful. So we have to always mm-hmm. understand that how we enter a space and what we bring to that space needs to, you know, be beneficial to that space. Otherwise, we're not talking to anybody but ourselves. Right. You know, I I, right. I learned that. I learned that. And Steph, yes. That was that was a great touche moment right there. You know, they feel comfortable like an old boot. I got a few old boots that are comfortable, you know, but some of them boots don't don't go in every outfit because I got new outfits that don't go with that old boot. You know, right. I go into some rooms where that old boot gets talked about. So you got to make sure that, that your boot is going with the outfit. You know, now if I'm going to the hood or whatever and that boot is going to get me through my old Tim, wear it, you know. But if I'm going to Beverly Hills to a black tie affair, that boot is comfortable, but it don't go up my tucks. So you right. gotta you gotta know when to put that boot on. You gotta know where that boot is gonna blend and and where where that boot fits. Otherwise, you gonna you gonna look a fool. You gonna look a fool trying right. to hold on to that old boot. So Steph, that that was a great summation for this whole conversation, you know. But but yeah, no doubt. So come before we wrap this on up, tell folks about Pyromedia and what Pyromedia is all about, and even let folks know how they can be a part of Pyromedia and what you have to offer. Sure. Thank you for that. And so, so Pyro Media Network is essentially a place for artists, a safe space for artists to go ahead and flourish. And a lot of times for people who don't know, we started out as a podcast network, um, and now we've kind of evolved into a media network where we have video casts as well. So what happened was originally is that when you, go, when you start out as a podcaster and you go into different, and you're looking for different networks to sign, sign with, a lot of times the problem is, is that you can't really be your authentic self. <laughs> you know, you really can't be who you are because of either contracts, guidelines, or what have you. And so Pyromedia has created a safe space specifically for um, podcasters of color to be able to flourish and say what they need to say um, and be who they need to be um, and, and grow at the same time. A lot of networks just want to sign you on and don't do anything with you. They don't do any artist development. They don't do any type of, of uh, production or anything like that. So instead of us just being a hosting network and just being, you know, somebody where you can just have your show on, we encourage and we, we, we work through artist development. We do consultations. We, do, um, uh, we look at marketing strategies on how we can go, grow your network and what we can do to help. Um, and so I think that that's, that's where we're at right now. We're just kind of growing and we're, we're learning and, 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 and learning with each other because it does, like my brother Dante says, takes the village. So one team, Definitely. Three, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that. I love that. And then I'm going to go ahead and announce some upcoming events. So if you are in the Los Angeles area and you are available, um, this, this Saturday, it's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, but I want to highlight one thing that, that I'll be a part of on this Saturday. I, along with um, my Healthy Him team, it is an event hosted by uh, Candy Lewis. And it is, let me get this flyer up so I can read off of it. Uh, but I know it's this Saturday. It's at Home and United Methodist Church, and it is founded, fund, founded, <laughs> 
sponsored by <laughs> the Positive Results Corporation. It is called the Promoting Healthy Manhood Conference, the Promoting Healthy Manhood Conference. It is this Saturday, April 7th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Holman United Methodist Church. That's 3320 West Adams Boulevard. And this conference is for boys and men addressing wellness and relationships, awareness and prevention of domestic violence and sexual assault, building financial empowerment, healthy bodies, and the panel discussion and workshop on masculinity one-on-one, male victims of intimate partner violence, implicit bias against men of color, and males of color and higher education. All right, if you want to go, you can register at promotinghealthymanhood.eventbrite.com. Tickets are free if you're under 21. Over 21, tickets are only $10, and the registration includes breakfast and lunch. And you also can get community service hours, all right? So if you want more information on this, please contact Candy Lewis at 323-787-9252 or email her at info at PRC123PositiveResultsCorporation. So, um... I love what Candy is doing, and that's going on this um, Saturday. So just do what you can to try to get out there and support my girl Candy. And then, if you got kids, all right, listen, if you got kids, the Dante Show is doing a sexual health workshop for youth and teens. So I, um, opening up this one right now. Hold on, y'all. I'm getting this one together, too, because this one is going on next Saturday. This one is next Saturday. It's going to be in Compton at One Shine Youth Services. 700 West Compton Boulevard. It is real talk about sex, an in-depth conversation with teens about HIV, STDs, dating, relationships, and social media. It is for ages 13 to 18 only. Only, all right, only space is limited. We'll have refreshments, giveaways, and raffle prizes. It's going to be at One Shine Youth Services, 700 West Compton Boulevard in the city of Compton. RSVP at www.oneshineyouth.com. All right, so that's where the Dante Show is going to be at on next Saturday. I'm going to be making that happen over there, getting the kids educated, letting the kids know all about HIV, STDs, um, condoms, social media, what your social media, um, how it needs to look, you know, (laughs) if you want to, you know, be taken seriously in life and all that kind of stuff. I think it's important that the kids get this information because, unfortunately, they do not get it. You know, kids don't get it nowadays, not from the schools, because schools do not provide that kind of information. So that's where I'll be next Saturday. All right, so, again, if you know me, I'm Dante Porson, and I'm big on HIV testing, prevention, treatment, and all that kind of stuff. So if you ever want to get an HIV test, you can come on out and find me at APLA Health, 3741 South La Brea Avenue in the city of Los Angeles, right in Baldwin Hills, or better yet, the jungles, come on over there and get you an HIV test for free and get you an STD test for free. You can learn about PrEP and or PEP if you want to get information about that. Um, those who don't know about PrEP or PEP, uh, I did a whole show about it last week. So PrEP is the pill you can take once a day to decrease your chance of contracting HIV by up to 97%. And PEP is the regimen you can take after you have possibly been exposed to HIV. So basically, if you have sex on tonight and the person calls you in the morning and says, oh, my God, I forgot to tell you I have HIV, you can say, let me get on down to Dante and get on this PEP. Get on PEP. It's a 27-day regimen of medications that will decrease your chances of, of seroconverting to HIV positive greatly, all right, greatly. Or if you just need some free condoms, you don't have no condoms in your dresser, on your nightstand, in your pocketbook, in your glove box, 
Come on down to APLA Health and get you a stash. Get you some condoms, get you some lube, get all the kind of stuff you need to have a wonderful, safe, and healthy sexual experience. I have all kind of condoms. I don't just have the regular condoms. I do have magnets. So I got <laughs> magnet condoms, but you got to be a magnet man. If you're not no magnet man, don't come get those magnet condoms, then the condom fall off inside somebody, then you are mad, crying, and sad, all right? So make sure you do what you got to do to be safe. And then last but not least, check out Dante Morrison at www.dantemorrison.com. You can learn about all that I do outside the Dante show. I do a whole lot of stuff in the community. I try to keep people educated about HIV and STDs, and I also have two books. So go ahead on and go on Amazon.com and type in Dante Morrison, D-O-N-T-A, and get your copies of my books, The End of the Rainbow and Yesterday Clarified. And believe it or not, most folks actually like my books. They rip and they gag. They're like, oh, my God, Dante got skills. I'm actually working on a third book right now as well as a play. So hopefully by the end of 2018, my third book will be out and the play will be ready. All right? So that's all I got. So follow me on Dante Morrison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also follow the Dante Show on Facebook where I update daily about all kind of different stuff and occurrences and, and happenings. And then every Thursday night, you can catch the Dante Show Live on Facebook, so you get to see how I look up close and in person. The Dante Show Live is a Facebook interactive conversation between me and somebody else on the other side of the computer, and we talk about all kinds of issues. I've had Lady T on talking about uh, women in hip-hop. I have my, my, my frat brother, Joe McClain, talking about the word woke. And the book that he has written, I have my girl Kiana Shaw come on and talk about parenting and, and what mothers need to do to be better moms, all that kind of stuff. This Thursday, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but it's going to be something good. It's going to be a nice little hot topic. All right? So with that being said, everybody, thanks for being with me on tonight. Um, I'll see you next Monday, Kwame. I appreciate you being a part of the Dante Show on tonight. Um, you thanks are welcome me, to come back. Oh, most of you're always welcome to come back. Next week's topic is going to be grimy. It's going to be grimy, trust me. So when I first started the Dante show, I talked about sex a lot, a whole lot, because that was my thing. That's my zhuzh, sex, sexual health. And I kind of steered away from that because I don't want everybody saying, God, Dante, all you talk about is sex. You only talk about sex. Sex, 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 sex. Well, guess what? Next week's show is going to be all about sex. I'm going to talk about stepping outside the box and why a lot of men are scared to step outside the box when it comes to sex and to talk about what they want to do in the bedroom. My special guest is my boy, A.J. Spencer, and we're going to talk about those barriers, those hindrances, and those roadblocks that men find in the bedroom. We're going to talk about the P spot, which is the male P spot, which is equivalent to the female G spot. We're going to talk about positions. We're going to talk about fetishes. We're going to talk about breaking down those barriers, opening up Pandora's box, and seeing what's inside. So next week, be prepared to get gutter on the Dante show. It's not going to be for the squeamish. It's not going to be for the timid. It's not going to be for the shy. It's going to be a show that's going to go there and it's going to really dig deep. So I'm excited about it, and I hope you're excited about it too. And for those of you that know me, you know I love classic R&B. So tonight we're going to close it out with the group that really showed me what vocals were all about. Like literally, when I was... i
never 